0: To another good week. To another good week. Okay.
1: Okay, We're going to talk about something that's pissing me off.
0: Okay, folks.
1: And we're going to give you a hypothetical. Hang on. Max, we're going to give you a hypothetical. Okay? Yeah. So let's say...
0: Any resemblance to reality, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah, it's not intended. Right. So let's say we have Mr. X. Hmm. Mr. X is, let's say, 38 years of age. Miss B is 16 at the time they meet. Both of them are drug addicts and um, are are unfortunately at a low point in their life. Miss B is not living at home. She's in some center, but she has a, some sort of part-time job and does other things and um, happens to be in, um, maybe through her will or not, um, the sex trade industry. They meet up by happenstance and start doing drugs together and become friends. Right. And they're friends for about a year, during which time they feed off of each other's addiction. And Miss B then says, um, you know, starts phoning him and using him to buy drugs for her. It's not costing her anything. She's saying, this is great. I'm thinking I'm controlling the guy. Um, I'm manipulating him. I'm getting free drugs. It's amazing. But the reality is they develop a friendship um, they're both addicts and they talk. And he uh, is a professional uh, but never really made it. I'm just going to say a professional. So he's not working as a professional. Basically, he's stealing from his parents to feed his drug addict uh, addiction and works a part-time job, has no assets, drives a crummy car, and lives at home. And um, they have some intimate contact um, and then on one occasion have intercourse. And um, the Miss B says that, you know, at the time, I really liked him, I cared about him. I didn't want him to think this was a one-way thing, so I I, I did sex with him because I wanted him to continue to buy me drugs, but I also liked him. I wasn't um, opposed to sex. Um, and on the night that we had sex, I really did want to be with him. But then two years later, after I've talked to some therapist, I look back, it was a very, unhealthy relationship and wow that power dynamic he's a professional he was 39 I was vulnerable I was 16 and so I think I was manipulated and um, Mr. X is charged with sexual assault sexual exploitation Mm -hmm. Michael what sexual exploitation
0: I've been waiting for this so this is gonna sound dry but it's not it's a bit we do dry and we like it we would have to do dry sometimes it's just a lot of legally so I'll, I'll try to say it slowly listen carefully and I'll repeat if I have to so this is the criminal code section for sexual exploitation it's section 153 sub 1 every person commits an offense who is in a position of trust or authority towards a young person who is a person with whom the young person is in a relationship of dependency or who is in a relationship with a young person that is exploitative of that young person.
1: Glad we got you there, and you yeah. haven't even been drinking.
0: I know, can you believe that? Slurring already. This water's, yeah, cut me off. It's strong water, water. That's strong water, cut me off. Uh, and who, for sexual purpose, touches directly or indirectly with a part of the body or with an object, any part of the body of the young person, or... For a sexual purpose, invites, counsels, or incites a young person to touch directly and indirectly, with a part of the body or with an object, the body of any person, including the body of the person who so invites, counsels, or incites, and the body of the young person. God, that's all a mouthful. Do you want to summarize that or repeat it? <laughs> no. So so that's that's the offense and then there's a very important inference that yeah. we got to talk about so I, I think everyone gets a picture of the offense it's this whole idea of someone who's in a position of trust or authority towards a young person but what does that mean so they define it in section 153 1.2 and they say a judge may infer that a person is in a relationship with a young person that is exploitative of that young person From the nature and circumstances of the relationship, so nice, general, broad, and go slowly. No definition, and now slowly, including the age of the young person, the age difference between the person and the young person, the evolution of the relationship, and the degree of control or influence by the person
1: over the young person. And And we're talking about somebody who's younger than 18, but 16 or older. Right. This is the part where you can start losing it. Okay, so this is important. So those are the factors. And essentially the, the section is directed at, or the purpose of the section is that a young person's ability to consent to sex is essentially vitiated because of the dynamic which is in place that they are being exploited and that in essence they would be in a position of vulnerability. Now, as Michael indicated, it's an approach the court will take to try and determine is there a meaning or relationship of trust and authority. And you typically will think about a coach, a trainee, a parent-child, an uncle. Um, a tutor student, a spiritual guiding individual, a mentor of some kind. Those are the typical relationships where you will see a position of authority. Babysitters, Baby-sitters teachers, therapists, students, teachers, doctors, yeah. doctors, all those right. types of things. But it can be a little bit more amorphous, like you know, some sort of mentor of some kind. And they build and they're based on some sort of a trusting, authoritarian relationship. And... The test that the courts generally employ is that they have to find that the person stood in a position of trust towards the complainant when the sexual acts took place. Not two years later you think they did, but at the time that the sexual acts took place. And to establish this, the courts will consider the factors that Michael indicated. No one factor is determinative, but each can play a role. So basically very gray think about this for a moment we don't live in the 1950s and i don't know what it was like then because i wasn't born but um i know i look like i do no but you know we live in a much more um how do i say it Uh, nuanced society you know there's all sorts of relationships there are you know, the taboos attached to dating somebody who's 20 years younger than you is different now. You know, there's all different you know, Different concepts, shades of gray. Different shades of gray. And different shades you know, of there, gray. There's lots of different relationships, right. okay? And genders, apparently. Yes. And so, you know, to try and apply a, a purist type of approach to this is not applicable, um, even though some crown attorneys or, or judges may want to. That's just not applicable. That's just not legitimate. So, as you're watching this podcast, you know maybe make a comment or send an email. What's your answer? The fact scenario that we gave you is that a position of trust or authority, such that you would say on its face that there is some degree of uh, uh, of exploitation because of the age difference, how the relationship evolved, they met by happenstance and started to do drugs together. There was no, he wasn't there to buy sex from her. They weren't there to um, do anything untoward. There was no mentoring or anything of the nature. They just happened to become friends. He was a professional, so from time to time they would talk about his work um, and, or would talk about his work. And that sometimes would overflow as to things that she was thinking about or that was happening in her life. But do you think that, that the age, the way it evolved Is there evidence also of control or influence? I say it's impossible to find that.
0: Right. And, and also, okay, there's a, before you get into that,
1: this is such a slippery slope that we haven't discussed this before in our two and a half years of doing this podcast. Um, and it should be so rarely used this type of provision, but it's not that rare. No. And it's really, really insidious because when you take traditional or purist type of approach you'd say well the age itself right. she's under 18 but she's of age consent and he is you know some years older you know 22 years older or 23 years older um and they're buying drugs together it's so easy to be seduced into saying that he should have known better as somebody who is 20 or 21 or right. 22 years older but that doesn't make him a f-ing criminal that doesn't make in our hypothetical a person a sex offender right and and that can easily happen very. this is at you got to be very careful about this analysis well Go I was, just gonna, no, I was just
0: gonna add no there's there was one interesting case Her Majesty the Queen and Daniel Bove, B-O-V-A from the Superior Court of Justice uh, and I like uh, at least the court recognizes this they said it is insufficient for the purposes of that section for the crown to prove there is a relationship of trust power and authority, there must also be evidence that the accused induced the sexual activity through an abusive position over the complainant. So as you're saying... Say that slow. I'll say it again. Because that's really good. It is. It is insufficient for the purposes of, let's call it this section, for the Crown to prove there's a relationship of trust, power, and authority. There must also be evidence that the accused induced the sexual activity through an abuse of that position over the complainant. That's a lot of components yeah. that, are, that are easy to skip over,
1: Yeah, as you were just saying, right? You know, there's cases that say that when people are drug buddies, for example, right. that relationship lacks the necessary um, elements to make it a relationship of trust. Although age difference can increase the likelihood of a trust relationship, age by itself is not determinative. Right. Um, there are cases where, where even involving Dr. Patient, when the facts are analyzed, mm-hmm. the fact that an accused alluded once to his incomplete medical training is irrelevant. He did not offer her medical advice, health-related discussions, and were not part of the relationship. And there's another case where, in fact, you can have somebody who's actually a health care provider, but if they're not in the relationship of providing medical advice, health-related discussions, etc., it's not a position of authority right. because you can... Like it, it's it's frightening to think that just by having your own occupation, right, you could be in a position of authority. So then having certain relationships is completely off the table right. for you. Right, right. And to grow, let's talk about control and influence because we talked some time ago about celebrities and we talked about people who are in positions where they have lots of wealth and businesses and that they leverage that wealth or that celebrity status in order to have somebody be with them and then have sex with them. Of course, the flip side of that is someone might be very attracted to that individual because of their celebrity status or their uh, success in business or or what have you. And in and of itself, I'm having a very hard time with the fact that that should be something that would cause a, such an imbalance that any sexual contact could be deemed to be a sexual assault.
0: Right.
1: That's very, very frightening because we can think of a plethora of uh, of relationships mm-hmm. where if you wanted to be strictly um, analytical, you you could find possibly control and influence. You could possibly find a position of authority where you ought not because this is not how we interact as human beings. Right. But does that position induce what follows? That's the question. And it, and then you get into the same arguments we get to in a sexual assault case, yeah. where somebody might say, you know, uh, you know, I was sort of being groomed because of this position, and I, I you know, those are very stark examples mm-hmm. where you have, I think, traditionally somebody who's a patient of a therapist mm-hmm. ad- induced through that process. Um, somebody who's a tutor and a student and builds a relationship and grooms them and then eventually through that relationship induces to sexual contact. Yeah. Not when you have these types of relationships where there's an age difference, where people are just meeting together because they're interested in drugs, where actually the complainant in this hypothetical case right. thought that they were using the other one. <laughs> right. These facts don't fit. This particular fact scenario, which is not you know, far-fetched, can lead to a wrongful conviction. And what I think we have to talk about is, uh, you know, although there are those individuals certainly who can be um, uh, can be um, quite vulnerable to people who are in positions of trust, this can be very easily misused to create a wrongful conviction. Oh, this provision. completely, completely. The babysitter examples, the uh, coaches examples, all of those There's, they were popping up all over the place in our research. Yeah, and we've seen actually there was one case where I think we spoke about it before, where a coach was charged and unfortunately never made it to retain because committed suicide, right. um, because couldn't believe what was happening. It was an absolute fabrication according to the person, and then we don't know what the truth is because they committed suicide. That's just how serious these allegations are to people. So uh, talk
0: from a Crown's perspective. Why would you bother with this charge then? Is it simply the position angle? Like why you know, like if, some, some if you people... can get away with a sex assault charge,
1: right? Why bother with exploitation? Just because the well, be, well, because because in a case like this, so at the nub of, of this hypothetical,
0: mm-hmm.
1: hypothetical um, nudge, is, wink, wink, is say no more is um the fact that the complainant is saying at the time essentially I consented, right? So in this hypothetical, if there was cross examination, the evidence would yield that the person would say I had a choice. Um, I knew what the acts were, and I willingly participated. Right. But after having spoken to a therapist or a counselor talking to me about that relationship who told me it was an unhealthy relationship, that's when I determined that I was really being manipulated and exploited. Right,
0: just so our viewers understand why a crown would charge, right? There's the sex assault, right? But then there's... It's not a sex assault. Right, right, because she consented. They're saying it's, it's, it's vitiated, vitiated because of because the exploitative relationship. Well, that's the little circle that but we're the, explaining. But the difficulty
1: yeah. I have, and this is where, this, this is why we wanted to bring up this hypothetical in this case law, because it can be very, very easy to try and suggest that what somebody said and did at the time vis-a-vis consent or agreement, however you want to refer to it, really isn't accurate. It's, right. their, it's their hindsight bias, which is truthful. Okay. Right? Because well, right? this is hindsight bias. This is. is somebody two years later saying, because I've had counseling or what have you, I have changed my perspective. Well, that's, that's hindsight that's bias. That's
0: what Professor Loftus was talking about. Yeah,
1: that's why we're doing this now, because right. it was so interesting. Right. And Professor Loftus, which was so great, was talking about how often in therapy, memories can become distorted, relabeled, distorted and influenced something that may in fact be an innocent relationship Mm -hmm. and or innocent interaction can then become criminal. Mm -hmm. And this type of hypothetical is a perfect example. Mm -hmm. And, And the problem that we want to identify about this during this podcast, building on what Professor Loftus said, is that I don't think a prosecution should ever go ahead when somebody clearly says at the time I was agreeing, mm-hmm. I wasn't opposed. Right. There were reasons I was involved in doing this. But because of therapy, I look back and it was, you know, now a, I feel power that, and yeah. balance. Yeah. Now I feel it was that a power. should that that no prosecution should go ahead on that basis. Am I wrong?
0: No, you're not. You're absolutely right. It's insane.
1: And imagine how you can apply this then if a case like that is to succeed. That could be then a precedent for other relationships where somebody could say, Well, I was dating somebody who was 17 years older than me. They were um, a politician. My piano
0: teacher, whatever. No, but
1: let's (laughs) say, you know, somebody, a politician, and I was, you know, a student at the time. And, you know, afterward, I look back, I, you know, because of. Because of his role and, and everything he was talking to me about, I, I look back and I can see really that he was exerting control and influence over me and that was really not consenting. Right. Just think about how f***ing lame right. that and how thin that foundation is Yeah. Um. and how this can lead to being used in the future for wrongful convictions. Of course. I'm not happy with my life now. Let's find reasons for that. Oh, there's one. If I were to say that on Twitter, I can tell you that there would be a number of individuals who will come out Who are lawyers in this province? No names. And would say, "No, I I can add another one to the list." It was actually a personal injury lawyer at a firm who um, said to me, "Oh no! In my experience, in my twenty years of 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 suing, you know, perpetrators on behalf of victims, I find that it's incredibly uh, small that there's any false allegations." Oh, that guy. Like there's. me. I, you should like,
0: respond with, what is a woman?
1: Yeah, really. <laughs> I responded with, like, what the f*** do you read? And you're an ambulance chaser, so f*** off. Because um, we're not talking about, like, serious litigation here. No. Um, and, uh, and and you know, I would be jumped on by any number of people to say, no, uh, what I'm saying is a lie. It's a myth. And yet, this, this... Hypothetical, right. you know, could very well lead to a conviction, and it's not the first type of variation of that hypothetical that I have actually seen. So when you misapply provisions like this to facts and errors that we would think, you know, in some very tradition, traditional, conservative view, right. it can play all sorts of mischief and create havoc. Right.
0: Well, especially in this hypothetical, I can't wink very well. You
1: have to do it for me, but that's okay. Thanks. I can I can wink for you, okay. but but and then and then I I want you know I think what's interesting here is the concept of control and influence is so being uh, manipulated mm-hmm. that buying drugs. How about buying dinner? How about shopping? I'll give you one more hypothetical example. Okay. Mr. Y likes to meet people, women on, on the internet, on these dating sites, some which are more known to be hookup sites than others.
0: I think they're apps now. The sites are kind of,
1: sorry, I'm, it's okay. I'm showing my age. I'm the IT guy. And, And Mr. Y says, why don't you come over? Let's do some online shopping. Oh, I don't believe you. How about I send you an e-transfer? Okay, send me an e-transfer, says Miss A. Sends over an e-transfer of $1,500. Oh, wow. He's oh, real. I guess you're real. He's okay, real. sure. Where do you live? I'll pay for your Uber. Uber over. And they have dinner and they have wine and they go online shopping and $3,000 worth of shopping is bought. And then throughout the night, they wind up having sexual relations. And in the morning... He gives her a check, and she leaves, and deposits the check, which uh, bounces. And the person in this hypothetical is found out by her parents. She's not that young, she's about 20, okay. in my hypothetical. I remember this um, hypothetical. Yeah, in my hypothetical. Right. And then says, oh, 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 I, I was raped. I, I didn't, I, that was not my intention, I was raped. Meanwhile, in her account is fifteen hundred dollars, and in her uh, delivery through whatever it is, is about three thousand of clothing items. Not bad. And his essentially induced her into these sexual acts by this exploitive. Right. Yeah. In that hypothetical, I'm pretty sure it will eventually, hypothetically, be withdrawn. Hypothetically, through some very good work and use of a private investigator to have another witness, because there was another party there who might have been partaking in this event who saw it completely different and didn't want to lie.
0: You must spend all day thinking these hypotheticals up.
1: I spend a lot of time because I really enjoy this podcast and I want our viewers to really get the message that we send out. So I really these hypotheticals. I spend aren't a lot easy, of time yeah. on these hypotheticals. This happens, right? Hypothetically, and that's why I'm trying to say. It's not, like, we don't live in this conservative society. People enjoy relationships and f***ing interacting in all sorts of different ways. To other people, you might think it's f***ed up. Right. Others, they might think this is kind of cool and fun. Who cares? I'm not judging anybody. Right, right. Like, no, of course. Life is life. Like, yeah. You know, as long as nobody really gets hurt, right. God bless you. Enjoy yourself. Right. If there's really a sexual assault, like we said millions of times, absolutely report it. Of course. But if you're caught and your parents are pissed off at you right. and a check bounced and that pisses you off, that doesn't make it a sex assault. No, it doesn't. Nor does... Frankly, if you, if somebody has, has power, because they're successful in business, and they've made money, and they can do this for somebody else, that doesn't also make control and influence in and of itself. Does not equal exploitation. And it just so happens in this hypothetical, there's a 10 year age difference. Mm-hmm. So this is not so infrequent. No, not these days. And it can get abused by lack of using discretion as to what really should be prosecuted or not. And I just thought we'd bring it up for this episode because we talk about sexual assault cases. We've talked about course of control. We had that really great episode with, with um, Professor Loftus. But I, we've, I haven't brought this up. I don't know why this escaped me, the, uh, the sexual exploitation, because I did have these hypotheticals floating around <laughs> in my mind or maybe in my, my, my office. But, um, and I just thought it's important. And hypothetical files. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way we store these hypotheticals. But you know, it it really it's just an interesting thing because um, uh, th- this is just two examples of how this can be can be wrongful convictions.
0: Was the, the hypothetical the second hypothetical? He was charged with exploitation.
1: No, I but the, it's on. not sexual exploitation. But the actual argument right. is exactly the yeah, same. Yeah, this, this I was going to say that. Although maybe she consented, it can't really consent because of the control and influence he was exerting. Right. They were having wine, he was buying stuff her. he was inducing her as a result of this relationship. It infantilizes the complainant by saying, well, if I choose to act this way, why can't I not agree to it? That's right. And it just reminds me of this provision. Anyways, I, I think this is something that we have to revisit um, if these hypotheticals are ultimately dealt with. They will be. And, and we could revisit what the outcome of this is. What's your parting comments?
0: Good luck with the hypotheticals. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. All right. Yes. And I think I'm involved in one of the hypotheticals. You may be involved in one of those yeah. hypotheticals. So, so I think what we're going to do, too. we're yeah.
1: going to come back. Um, the other thing we're going to do is we're going to have another memory expert Yes, uh, coming on the show. We got a book the date. Yes. Um, because, you know, some people had some interesting comments about our memory episode. I think it's really important because it's not just the issues about recovered memory. It's not just the issues about what may be a fractured memory? Nope. It's also about influence, shift, shaping of memories. Yeah, that's huge now. And so we're going to have this other. Um, uh, pro- it's a professor it's with a, professor a PhD. Professor from who, Portsmouth, yeah. Yeah. UK. Uh, so he's done uh, interesting studies, yes. done interesting work. We're delighted to have him come on. Um, we'll pick the date, but we're going to we're going to have this as a theme throughout some of our upcoming podcasts because I I think we really have to get back into understanding you know, the science of memory, how it works and how it influences uh, a criminal prosecution, how you defend against it, and just how we look at influence on memory and on a person's belief as to what happened. Very important. Okay, so why don't you get Get the the pillow?
0: pillow. Get the pillow, it's all the way over here. I got the pillow.
1: Joe? Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe and share and keep sending in your questions, please. Uh, They're very, very good. Somebody actually wrote us today with another two people we're gonna take a look at who would be interesting guests, so we love it. Thank you for all your viewing and your support. Have a good night and a good week. Ditto. Bye. Bye.